Good evening and welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast. Now we're in week nine of our preseason reviews. I'm your host, Stuart Lord, and tonight I'm joined by Mitch Brown, who is our expert physio. Hey, Mitch. Hey, mate. How's it going? Good, good, good. And Nick Lord, who is our stats guru and overall fantasy nugget. Hey, Nick. G'day, guys. How's it going? Going well. Uh, well, we're doing well for a Thursday night at nine o'clock, I guess. <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> it has for a few of us, I think. But look, guys, that's how much we love you at home is that, you know, instead of spending times with our loved ones, we're here talking to each other about footy that's not on this week. So I love you guys. <laughs> so fortunately uh look we've hit a couple of milestones this week guys so uh we hit and absolutely smashed through 400 likes on our facebook page so thank you to everyone especially if you've been around since the beginning or you've just joined thank you very much so uh they also guys remember that uh if you listen to the podcast um check out our page we got stuff up all the time we're at a boom or bust nrl thank you nick for your skill at making sure we're the same in all the different places mate and uh look also thank you to anyone who took the time to respond to our social media posts like you know put put the like or especially if you make a comment like and give us something to talk about or hit us up in the dms we love chatting footy and as you probably know, sometimes it changes conversation halfway through because one of us goes, oh, yeah, I've, I've got some thoughts about this too. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, all the uh, shit ideas are stews. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually true, though. It's not actually all that far from the truth. <laughs> oh, the, oh the, the pain there too, Brute. Anyway, so uh, look, we had some... Um, we got some news this week, guys. I guess a bit of news going around the traps. So first up is there's a little bit of COVID going around. And this is a warning for everyone at home because we're talking teamless this week, right? COVID is here. Make sure the people on your team are replaceable, that you've got all positions covered. for. Because at the moment, we have Adam Reynolds and Kobe Hetherington eight days out from their game with COVID. So they might make the game time, but they might just be given the week off to recover as well. So, I guess good luck to Adam and Kobe with that. Uh, we've also seen that you can just get random injuries out of nowhere. Like, did anyone see the injury uh, to Jamal Fogarty, guys? Yeah, the- I, I was actually, yeah, I, I, number one, I saw it. And number two, I've been sort of following it. The Raiders have been pretty cagey about the exact nature of the surgery, but based off that, all week sort of profile i'm guessing a, a meniscus and i almost want to do our our season picks for where everyone's finishing on the ladder because the milk is dead like i picked the milk on jamal fogarty like i'm not confident they can make the eight now i'm the sky is falling on my predictions i'm not happy now but in fantasy terms happily ladies and gentlemen it does give us some juicy options because like like every uh, cloud has a silver lining, so so every uh, injury to a established star has some little cashy who's going to come along. So we'll talk about that in Brad Schneider. So he he's made it into my team list, uh, based off Ricky's comments. So look, yeah, four months out with a meniscus. That's pretty gross. That's basically what round sixteen, round 15? round sixteen or seventeen. That. 
it's a long time for a meniscus. You, you can get him back in 12 weeks. It's just, I'm really not 100% sure what's happened there, but gut instincts meniscus and uh, yeah, not good. Yeah. Okay, so I guess uh, just keep an eye on everyone for your teams this week. Are we lower on Jack White now, guys? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, he he had a he had a few moments of just horrible drop ball in the game because I like watching both the Eagles and the Raiders play, so I watched the whole game. And uh, he had a couple of moments there where he just had total whiffs. In fact, both two of the Eagles tries came from a Jack White intercept and a drop ball, I believe. Mm. But but there was there was a real sexy run which sort of you know I was going to put him in for our Dalian prediction this week up until that injury because he he, he was just demolishes teams when he's able to run the ball and um, you know it seems like they're going to have a rookie or someone fairly new to the game now leading them around the park I think Jack's going to have to go to more of that role and he sort of demonstrated last year that's just not his style that's it so I, I guess we will have to watch out for the flow and effects that's the other part too when someone gets injured it can affect everyone else around them so that that's that's the uh, corollary to uh, uh you know, in every cloud as a silver lining is that sometimes, yeah, guys like Jack might might take a downturn. That's pretty gross. Um, look, any other news this week, guys? Noteworthiness for you, go uh, outside of the trials? Not on my end. No. Okay. No, I thought I thought Jamal was the big one. Excellent. All right. Well, look, what we're going to do is we're going to get into some questions, and then we're going to go into the trials for this week. So, uh, Mitch. Mr. Timestamp, how are we going? We're currently five minutes, 50 seconds in to get you started. Okay, good to know because <laughs> we, we, we weren't going. <laughs> oh, yeah, week, yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. It can be me, it can be Nick. No, no, it's not going to happen. Sorry, everyone at home. You have to yeah, listen to the whole an freaking guys. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, guys. Uh, we get stuck into a um, question from Jonty. He... Um, Sent through a couple of interesting one guys. First one, uh, rank Hines, Burton, and Toby Sexton. Um, I gave him a long-winded reply, but I said I'd also chuck it at the guys to sort of say what we think. My initial thoughts were Hines and Burton, followed by Sexton. Um, so I had Hines and Burton equal, but I think the Bulldogs have a tough run early, so I was sort of leading towards Hines, particularly off his trial form. Um, but then I looked at the strength, strength of schedule for the Titans. The Titans have a very easy run as well. So um, I mean, I honestly don't know how to rank them, but um, based upon the games played, I'm, I'm least confident in Sexton um, replicating his form of, of last year where he averaged around 60. So, um, Stu, what have you got? Uh, mate, look, I've got... I did like Hines in the trial, especially like in the next to Matty Moylan. And he just looks like he knows how to play footy. Like he's not, I don't see that necessarily that he's got like that elite speed necessarily that Paps has or that even Burton has, but he just has a nose for footy. And I think that that talent um, counts for a lot. So I reckon he'll score plenty of points this year and he's very safe. Well, the Sharks don't look like they're going to get rolled. So at least he'll be competitive, which means to set the, some attacking stats along with just some base stats as well. Burton seems very much more of a boom or bust pick, like depending on the Bulldogs 
we'll get to that about how I think about how the whole dogs went on the weekend. But let's just say that I think that Burton is either going to go absolutely ballistic this year because he's going to do everything for them, or he's not going to be able to carry the entire team on his back and he's going to struggle a little bit. But he's he looked class. And Toby Sexton, like we just didn't get that last trial. So it's just, it's a risk with him. I think that next to AJ Brimson and with the rest of the team around him, he'll get plenty of opportunities to score a ton of points and keep that 50, 60 average. But whether he makes it or not, I just, I can't recommend it off four games and half a trial. Mitch? Um... I love to go with class and therefore I'm going Burton. I am super concerned over what I saw from the Bulldogs against the Sharks. They really seem to lack the direction I thought Burton would give them. And I just now really am worried that they're going to have trouble putting points on the board. That said, Burton seemed to carry a large chunk of the role there and it's not unheard of for teams to sort of fox in the trials or or perhaps not show everything that they've uh, got. Certainly, uh, this is the first year we've really had that coverage, but in other sports, in the NFL and uh, the baseball, a lot of teams will avoid doing that. So I'm going to go on instinct and say it's got to be Burton. In fact, I would say Burton, Burton, Burton. But given there's three of them, I would be going Burton, followed by Hines. I think he showed enough in the trials for me to be satisfied that, yep, he does have a kicking game. In fact, he's now on my team. I think he is much classier, and I'm going to have to backpedal on uh, my thoughts there. And I'd also say that it does appear like Moylan will play very much that 5-8 ball running sort of role, so he is going to get a lot of points. And then I'll finish it off with Sexton um, just because I just don't think he's as good as the other players. I think he'll score points, but Burton is a super classy player, and Hines is going to have a big role at the uh, Sharks. So that's that's what all my thoughts are. Hmm. Hey, guys. Um, looking at uh, the second question, um, John T was wondering, any pot ideas, guys? Stu, any pot ideas? I've got a couple. Now, I consider a pod at someone around or less than 5%, I guess is, is where I've got it, right? So, you know, Corey Pay or Pakes, depending on how you say it, cracked 5.4. So I had him, but I, you know, couldn't put him in. Uh, Brad Schneider has just come out he's still a pod but by end of teams tuesday he won't be but he currently is he's the likely candidate according to ricky stewart himself to fulfill fogarty's one he said i will give brad schneider a run so he's at 3.4 percent he's the raiders starting half at 240k right so uh i'm also having a look through the uh rocco berry he's at 5.1 percent but it's close enough to five percent that i'm happy to round down so Rocco Berry uh, is playing for the Warriors. He's a DPP center wing fullback, 358K. Uh, looks very classy in the games that he played last year. Dad is a former All Black, so he's grown up around footy. And I think those guys who grow up around footy, they just see things a little bit differently because they'll get that just that next level coaching, training, and just watching it all the time. So think Nathan Cleary. <laughs> if part of it is just he sees the game and the last one that I've got is uh, Elisa Katoa, Katoa so um, I'll leave the other one for you but Elisa Katoa so um, another warrior uh, in the side so 
basically he's 426k he's an edge player had a big breakout in 2020 made everyone a lot of cash who got on him in 2020 went back when COVID first hit and the Warriors basically had no players if you guys remember like everyone had a knee I do I do he, he was in my team at that point yeah like it, it, like half the team had a pec injury a knee injury a season ending something something so he came in just absolutely raw played very well last year he kind of the Warriors changed up their team a lot and he seemed to have a bit of second year blues floated in and out of the first grade team picked up a couple of injuries he looked good when he was playing scored 596 points for the year an average of 33 um but look guys this year the word is is that he's playing outside of SJ and that they're very happy playing together and the Warriors have banked a lot on SJ being the man so for me, uh, he's at 2% ownership, 426k on an edge, and it looks like he's got a pretty good lock on that spot. And from what I hear, when Tohu Harris comes back, Tohu will play middle, and Josh Curran will go to the bench. So it seems like Katoa is likely to get 60, 70 minutes, which is good. So that's me. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Mitch, you go next. What have you got? Well, I didn't know the rule was 5% or less, but the one I picked earlier today was Sam Walker. He was someone that I flagged as a potential um, pick back when uh, I sort of voiced concerns that Luke Keary uh, was as likely to get injured as he was to get COVID, which is exactly what's happened. My sense watching him last year, he burst out of the gates, uh, superstar player with one of the best forward packs in the NRL. And then he basically took a bit of a back seat. He was carrying a number of shoulder injuries. I do believe he uh, had a labral tear that they were a little bit concerned with. And at that point, they gave a lot of the role to Hutchison. Sam Walker's a class player who's now looking as healthy as he has. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually elevated past the role he did last year uh, when he sort of was averaging that those 50 to 55 point games. He's on a team that's on the up and up again. I, I I actually can't believe he is a POD at only 5.84% because I, I think he's going to be a real... I, I think he could be a cash keeper or, or a long-term keeper with um, what's likely to happen in Kiri. I'd be surprised if Kiri played half the games this year. And, and at that stage, you would think that Walker, uh, as long as he can stay fit, is going to... Soak up a lot of the role as the major ball player at the Roosters. Fair. Now, I, news did come out of that. That was the last piece of news that I didn't write down. And this is why you write down at home. If you run a podcast at home and you're listening to us for tips, well, one, you're stuffed. But two, write down your news articles, boys, because I missed this one. Luke Keary has declared himself fit for round one. Now, that again, that doesn't negate Mitch's point about the fitness for the full year. He's the expert there. But it does, the news is, he's declared himself fit for round one. That doesn't mean he'll play. No, 100%. As I said, I was just, it's a news news point, not an opinion point. There you go. Hey guys, I um I got a couple of spicy ones. <laughs> I don't I don't think the team's gonna like either of these, but um I got swooned. Um I got weak knees for Hudson Young. Uh doing my analysis this year, guys. His PPMs are off the chart. When he's on the edge, he is Angus Crichton. When he's in the middle, he's like 
um, you know, is matches it PPM wise with like Haas pretty much. So um, the key there is minutes. I think he, he's expensive, not going to lie, but um, he could be a massive, massive pod. All I'm saying is he's got unreal potential, even though he's already expensive. So um, at 668K, he could, uh, in my opinion, make 100, 150K, but. Um, as we went through the Raiders pod, it's sort of quite clear that there's a lot of guys in their forward pack who are quite solid. Um, so that that's the only issue. The other one, way less popular, is I am on the Lomax train after watching him this week. He just looked fantastic to me. He struck the ball well from goal kicking. I think he might have missed all of them. He but missed all of them, bro. He... he he just looked like him, his old self. He was not himself last year. Um, he's broken up with his girlfriend. He's on a revenge tour. I might try and get him in round one. I'm not sure. Oh, um, no. just, to, just to get a Dragons player in there, I guess. But, um, you know, you, you can't go wrong with goal kickers, I reckon, in your team. And, you know, he, he might be, just be one of those name picks. But I, I wouldn't be mad if someone had Zach Lomax in their team personally. Um, believe it or not. Um, it, I, yeah. Incoming hate. I love the Hudson Young pick. I got Hudson Young on my team. I think that's great. Yeah, I, as for me... I, I don't... I, you, you convinced me with the PPM and the uh, Raiders Raiders uh, podcast. Lomax, you know, I think you're just... You've seen one good pass uh, to... Too much of a man crush? Yeah, I'd be... I, I just don't see the value in Lomax, but, you know... That's me. All right. Okay. So we've got that. And I did have down Jairo at some point, but he's hit 6%. So uh, I guess we'll get to Jairo and get to our teams. So, but look, Jonty, mate, thank you for the questions. Uh, all right. So look, let's get to the thoughts from the past week. So guys, the first game was the uh, Manly versus the Canberra Raiders. So guys, I guess any major thoughts to take out of this game apart from the Jamal Fogarty injury? Oh, well, I mean, it, it technically is associated with the injury, but gee, I really thought the Raiders looked great or, look, or looked as though they were about to make things click when they did have Fogarty there. Uh, I know that we you just said, was there any other thoughts, but they, they certainly showed the sort of potential that if it wasn't a wet sort of ball game, they were going to score points. Uh, I know that in the end, sort of Manly were, were leading for a substantial time, but yeah, we do have any concern that realistically most of their points came off the back of bad errors on the part of Jack Whiten? Oh, look, I, I just think that they're one of those teams that's going to... That, that was their issue last year. They didn't beat a top four team because the top four teams don't make crap calls like that. Not They don't, certainly don't make two. Right? Yeah. Have one that, that, exactly right. And But Manly I, will tune I, up the worst teams because they will make multiple of those. And as you saw by that speed on the edges and by like the skill that Garrick and um DCE have when there's a bit of broken play, um, they'll score plenty of friggin' points if the teams do give them too many sniffs. So, I think that's an all awesome, yeah, I think that's an awesome point in that they are going to struggle to beat the best teams in the league. I really think we're probably going to see a repeat of last year. They finished fourth and fifth and just 
can't get it done in either the semi or preliminary final. I um, I honestly think that um it's uh Schuster and uh Okola R2 will uh are pretty vital to that just due to the fact that they um they provide that extra strike that's not on the wing and doesn't require a breakaway. They've got those uh, ball running abilities combined with that passing at the back that really adds that threat level. Yeah, and I suppose, you know, if we're talking about potential booms or busts for the week, I suppose the bust, and again, it's it's linked to Jamal Fogarty and we made uh, overtures to this just a moment ago, would be Jack White. And he's lost, I would say, the ability to act as... Uh, the best ball running 5'8", I think we've seen since Brad Fittler. And at that stage, as far as fantasy points go, he might have the odd good game here or there, but he's going to be very up and down now. Sort of he'll either take over and totally dominate or we'll see those sort of mid-30 to, to low-40 scores that typically highlighted uh, the rest of his season once Sam Williams left. So at this stage, I know, I think we classified him as spicy or chuck a star, but he, he's in bust territory now as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Yeah, for me, I look, I, I like uh, seeing the young fella cooler. So, uh, uh, it's a sick highlight when he made that break with um, Saab coming up behind him. That was sick. That's true. And you can see Saab kind of turned off the afterburners and still kept up with him. So, that's interesting. <laughs> but um, just flexing. Just flexing a little bit. But look, it showed that he's very quick because no one else came anywhere near him. And it also showed. I watched him in that game. He took tough carries out, out of like the second or third hit up in a set when the when the edge forwards and I guess the middles, they're ready to crunch the smaller blokes. They He, he still took those tough hit ups and that's a good sign for a rookie because a lot of them, you know, shy away or they'll pass off to the older fella. He didn't. So it means if he gets a run this year, there's base stat points in him. So unlike the Jasons uh, Saabs of this world who only have attacking points. Yeah, he's a bit soft, isn't he? <laughs> oh, mate. Oh, I'm hoping he gets out of that because that, that could add a lot to that team if he if he added 120 metres to his game. Anyway. Look, Just watch some Daniel Tupu film or something. That's true. Now, look, guys. So that was the Eagles-Raiders uh, game. So the Raiders won 18 to 16. Then we came to, obviously, the game of the round, where the Sydney Roosters 8 were defeated by the Mighty West Tigers 16. So, guys, what are your thoughts on this, Mitch? Let's start with you. Mate, maybe maybe Madge is going to survive the season. Like, the Roosters, they're, they're, Nick touted them as the number one team. They, they looked awesome. No, not really. Um, the, the Roosters were missing some of their uh, key players, and I really didn't feel at any stage they... Truly got out of second or even third gear. I'm sure there are a lot of Tigers fans out there who will have a bit of hate, but I didn't think we saw anything to take away from what the season's going to be like. I thought Sam Walker looked great, which is why I was sort of so excited on him. And and now my my uh, exhilaration has been knocked down by the fact you sort of let me know that, that Kiri has declared for round one because I, I sort of worked quite hard at finding a way to squeeze him into my team. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I spent a good 20 minutes last night trying to do that. Um, but I still think he is going to be a boom pick. I really have seen enough. It may actually allow Luke Kiri to go to that more ball running outside sort of player. Um, 
the way he was going. I'm, I'm hoping that hope that uh, the coach is going to allow him to have that general role and hopefully then Kiri can run at the back. So I'm sort of, as I sit here, trying to justify that pick on going. But I do think Sam Walker looked uh, really good. And I'm still going to roll with him because I believe there's there's still cash to be had in him. Interesting. Okay. Nick? Yes, yeah, same as Mitch, but um, as my bust of the week, I got the Tigers team. They just look absolute poo despite winning the game. Um, yeah, it's not looking good, Tigers fans. I'm sorry. Yeah. Stu, what do you got? Oh, look, mate, I just said, uh, and uh, Nick put up the made the stats for it, but Luciano Lelua did, he looks like a proper top five edge forward. Like he had a really great 2020, a little bit of a quiet, quieter 2021. Just a couple of injuries, a little bit less good ball. But, geez, if he, he got a bit of good ball, right, and you could see he make the most of it, he's he's not resting in his laurels knowing he's got a new contract going with uh, North Queensland. He's, he's out for blood this year by the look of it. And, yeah, it, interesting. I, I think um, before I thought, oh, look, uh, Kikau and Ipappy would be like a major improvement over him, but at, as it stood... I reckon they Tigers might look back fondly on Luciano if he plays that way for the rest of 22. All right. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not too sure on Luch personally, but, um, you know, he's definitely got those good games in him. You know, he definitely has the capacity potentially to be one of the best edges in the game from a fantasy point of view. So, because um, he doesn't play... I mean, he won't crack the Origin team. I, I'm pretty sure he's eligible. We won't crack it, so... No, you know. and, but he, he's got attacking points in him. Like he can score points, which is... It, it's a bit of a roller coaster though, right? Like you get on the Luciano coaster, the guy just clocks off sometimes. I, I feel like he gets off the bus sometimes and sort of plays as a man of his size and, and mobility should. And then other times he just, he just doesn't turn up. And... Uh, you know, week to week, you might knock over the odd head-to-head team. But even trying to nab a bit of cash out of him, I just don't know if he has enough successive good games in him to yield enough cash to get in and get out. Because I certainly don't think, as a long-term prospect, he would be worth it. You're not willing to put yourself through that this year? Oh, man, I'm a Dragon supporter. Why would I need any more roller coasters? Let's <laughs> <laughs> oh. On to the Warriors-Gold Coast Titans game, which was uh, rained out twice. Um, you know, I'm sure the groundskeepers did a lot of work there. Um, <laughs> Panthers, Parramatta guys. Stu, you got flogged. Oh, mate. I, I, to be Is honest, the to sky be honest, falling in Penrith? <laughs> I, I was seriously... I was like about a third of the way through this game. I was like, oh, I might go do something else for a little while. And then I watched to halftime and like, this isn't looking good. And so I went and did something else because it's watching it on KO. And like, I had to watch in like three or four installments because it's been a while since I've been sort of that disappointed in a Panthers team. Like back in like, you know, so sort of the mid, you know, sort of, uh, you know, 2006 to 2016, basically. <laughs> right? The, the, the mid last decade and a half you kind of became used to that right like some days they just wouldn't show up and whatever else but the last couple of years i kind of grown a lot of faith like last year i wasn't worried about watching a game i stopped being nervous and it just i got the nerves again yeah they just didn't look good so i guess for me look 
re- the boom was the Parramatta side. They looked really good. In fact, I'm glad I got them in my eight. The fact that you two don't after that performance, that's quite worrying. Not so, feeling de- good about I, that at all. I demand an opportunity to redo our tables because... I'm very upset about the milk not clearly not going to be able to be in the top four, and and I'm really worried about the down the the uh, the fallout from me not having the the yields in the eight. I, I've seen enough now that I need to change my uh, table. Oh, look, I, I I might I might allow it though. I've already published the other ones, so maybe not. Oh no. Anyway, but look, maybe Calvin, mate, come on. That, uh, we'll talk about it after. But anyway, look. Parramatta look really good. So, and for me, look, Regan Campbell-Gillard, as much as people like Junior Paul is the future of the club and whatever else, <laughs> uh, which he is, he's a good player, And but everyone's been really high on him. Look, I reckon Regan Campbell-Gillard, as he often does versus the Panthers, he aimed up and he was the better forward. And he had a couple of tries, didn't he, Stu? He did. He played very well. I didn't like it the entire time. And he's another Panthers junior. It's just, it's frustrating when you see it. it's like, I understand you can't keep everyone. The game would be crap if three sides kept all the juniors. It would just be Broncos, Panthers, and Para every year. But <laughs> still, it's they look really good. And, mate, for me, the bust, Luai. Mate, look, I think that's... Um, Sean O'Sullivan did exactly what he was hired to do, which is keep the lights on, get the ball downfield, kick the ball into decent positions, try and force a mistake. Like, he's just been hired to, if clear is out, keep the lights on. But Luai, 22 fantasy points, and just didn't look switched on. So, so did you feel like Luai is just not the same player without Cleary? Is that is that uh, he's, and what I, you saw? I, I reckon he's just not the same player. I reckon 2020 20, 20 Luai, I didn't see him in 21, really. He got into the Origin team basically based off that 2020 form. And especially since he came back from the injury, right? Uh, that knee injury that he picked up, he just hasn't really looked the same since either. The Panthers, yeah, I don't know what's happened, but he needs to rediscover that mojo. And he just, yeah, f- find a way to attack himself as well. He's he's at his most dangerous, a little bit like Jack Whiten, though a little bit more evasive and less sizable. Where he just he runs, he's got that threat of I can run the ball and I may beat you. Well, that's just it, and I I feel like a couple of times he's been guilty of trying to be an outside ball player when really his best assets his legs and his speed, and he should be a run first, pass second style player, and that's what I saw in twenty twenty. And I just felt at times in twenty one he sort of looked to pass more. Where if he had have just backed himself he probably would have busted the line or, or had a line break assist or, or scored a try and, and therefore was um, therefore was getting uh, more fantasy points, right? Because they're, they're the better stats. You score, you don't get any fantasy points if you pass the ball and nothing happens. So it opens it up for Kikau and the left center and everything. Yeah, it's just yeah. tucking yeah. on the arm, mate. Or at least sometimes so that, you, that people have the threat in mind so that now you've got to worry about Kikau you know, and Luai and Toto. That's yeah, I think I think the white and com- the white and comparisons a very accurate one. Mm. Mm. I know, uh, Mitch. I uh, know you didn't watch this one, so I'll go to Nick. Uh, Stains absolute bust. Even if he um, gets a spot, if Edwards goes down for some reason, don't even bother. Um, Dylan Brown, everyone knows, absolute boom. He absolutely killed at that game. Um, I don't think he actually 
got any kick meters when I had a look at the stats um, previously. Mitch Moses had over 500 kick meters, and, and oh, oh. I don't even think Dylan Brown got one kick meter. So, you know, Dylan Brown just was really on a mission just to absolutely uh, smash through and um, direct traffic and, you know, make it very painful for Panthers supporters, and he did just that. So, um, you know, obviously that's – it's not so good necessarily from a fantasy point of view because he's not getting those base stats, but um, from an attacking stat point of view, he absolutely killed it. And can I just say something for the Panthers fan, uh, Panthers fans out there first is, you know, good luck for the rest of the season. I, you know, I'll, I'll be hurting with you. I, you know, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, the, but for the para fans out there who are thinking of getting Mitchell Moses back into your team, and you're like, oh, he played great, he got sixty points. Mitchell Moses is the largest flat track bully of a half that exists in the NRL. He just goes super quiet versus any of the top teams and versus the bottom teams or teams that aren't doing well. He goes ham. And from memory, the Eels have a tough run. How tough, Nick? Isn't that the toughest? Isn't that why we put him in outside the eight? Well, yeah, I'll come back to me in a sec. I'm going to find it. Yeah, that's it, Mitch. No, you hit it straight on. You got it. It's the toughest draw in the comp. So just remember, think that, guys, when you're talking about their uh, Parramatta side, Mitchell Moses is a flat track bully without many flat tracks this year. So, risk, risk, risk if you get him. All right, uh, Nick uh, or Mitch, uh, actually, you watched this one real hard, so let's start with you, mate. South Sydney Rabbitohs versus St. George Illawarra, mate. What are your thoughts? First thought, uh, look, as a St. George fan, when you win the Charity Shield after, I believe it was 10 years, on the telecast, they went from 7 to 10. I, I'm pretty sure it was the Steve Price took over, which would be 2012 and, and the start of the Dark Ages uh, here here in Cogra. <laughs> um, you know, I remember it well. The, the wind was cold. Um, <laughs> but it, it was really good to see that. I thought the Dragons showed great enterprise in attack they they really weren't afraid to show to, to take risks they seemed like they could attack from anywhere they've in the past been guilty of sort of being a very right-sided team very left-sided team or sort of really only having points in one or two players i felt like uh certainly the third team that they started with everyone could score a try and, and do, do you remember the um block plays just for the sake of block plays mary mcgregor offense that they ran for a couple of years there Oh God! Not yes. that anymore, mate. I, I watched it live. What are you talking about? It was it was we, you and me saw it live a few times. It was it's just so darn predictable. I, I thought that Amon. I am a little bit concerned about his ability to score fantasy points. It really seemed to me like Ben Hunt's going to take a lot of the milkshake as far as your stable stats go. But he struck me as like your poor man's uh, Benji Marshall. He's elusive, maybe not quite as quick. He loves to run the ball. He likes to throw in a bit of a grubber. Uh, and some razzle-dazzle. I was really excited as a fan to see that. As a fantasy player, if St. George gets hot, Amon's going to be very, very interesting. The potential boom pick, and I wrote it down here, was Benny Hunt. Now, I I haven't checked the stats, so this is purely off eye test, but he looked awesome once again as he did last year, and it was something we talked about in the St. George podcast that really his last year was snubbed by a couple of nasty injuries. He was back to pre-losing Brisbane the grand final in 2015 form. 
uh, under Hook last year. He was confident. He played what was in front of him. He had a great 40-20. I really liked what I saw in Ben Hunt on Saturday. And, and if he keeps that up, he's, he's for the first time in five years worth the 1.2. Wow, that's a big call there. And you're right, Ben Hunt last year in the games where he wasn't playing busted, right, or returning from injury, right? I'm having a look here, 71, 80, uh, 64, uh, 37 versus the Storm, to be fair, 69 versus the Sharks, 79, 70. Was uh, the 34 the week he got that cork? Nah, the, thir- uh, the, 30, the 37 was versus the Storm. So, like, it's just, it's a, it was a gross game. Uh, the 18, I think, was where he got the cork. Okay. So, the he got versus the Tigers. He wasn't playing well that game. 79-70. Uh, and he just, he, he, he kicked on until uh, near the end of the season where he just capped it off with a 27-63 and a 41. But he, he's capable of cracking out 70, 80, 90 point scores. Cheeky pod. I, I reckon he's a very cheeky pod. I was tempted to uh, put him in as my pod, but I was a bit scared of the, the hate I might get. But he, he looks really good and did so last year on the hook. And I, 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 I've said it before, I feel like he did not like uh, McGregor or his coaching style. I think he, you know, he's a bit of a, a state racist. He only likes Queenslanders and that's just fine as long as he plays well for St. George. Um, I think he'd be good. Easy. And look, he's definitely pod 2.03%, mate. So there you go. All right. Um, okay, so Ben Hunt, Nick, anything more there from your side? Uh, Jackson Polo, dud, uh, bust. I'm out on Jackson Polo. He almost, he scored a try, but he almost, almost bombed it. Like, I don't know how. He just had to like, run to the corner. and he, he, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, if you have Jackson he, he, Polo. He, he didn't look good. I, I'm also off Jackson Polo, which is a shame because he looks... He could make a ton of money if he was a better he, player. He's a super big body. You look at him and, and, and you kind of go, how can he not succeed? I actually booted him out of my team as well watching the game, but it was more because I don't trust this Rabbitohs team. Now, Emma was saying, and she's quite right, they were missing some of their best players, but I just didn't see enough, particularly against good sides. I think St. George would be okay, but the really good sides, oh, I think they're going to get beaten up. Like, as I said before, I think I probably should have put the Eels in the eight and the Rabbitohs in the bottom half. I, I'm concerned. Yeah, I look, uh, Luttrell was the big name missing. Um, I'm not sure who else was missing from that game, I'll be honest. Uh, Cam, Cam Murray was missing. Oh, Cam and, Murray was missing. Uh, which is a, I, I think is... That's huge. Probably, that's probably bigger than Luttrell because, you know, nobody knows the Luttrell coaster better than me. Uh, he he might have cracked out one of his better games, but Cam Murray turns up every week and... He really helps them up the middle, which is where I thought St. George um, pushed him away early on. The other thing, just really quickly, because I know we've got to get on to the next game, is I thought Jack Bird looked really good at number 12. I loved DeBellin at 13. I hope they stick with that yes. because I'm much more confident in Bird's ability to play outside. I, 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 I am really confident he's going to pick up an injury in lock and if he plays there, he's back out of my team again. But if he's at number 12, he was still making tackle breaks, mate. Like, I know you gave a bit of shtick for the, the crab with the three tackle, uh, sort of the three tackle bus with the crab walk, but he actually made some legitimate tackle bus that game and I thought he was good. He looked fast. Um, I'm not as concerned about the Achilles issue as I was as long as he stays at 12. Interesting. Like it. 
Okay, so we're still high on... And, yeah, I look, he was the top fantasy point scorer for the team as well. So, look, I, I'm also pretty high on Jack Bird. So that's good to hear. Uh, guys, what you got, Stu? Uh, look, mate, I, I didn't have much there. Boom. But I did have Jai Arrow. So he was he's not quite a pod. He's at 6% ownership. But he started on an edge, and he played there for a long time. He passed my eye test. He was running at holes. A couple of times he got clipped around the ankles, but that's just, it is what it is, right? Other days he makes breaks, and he still got 49 points, uh, the top score for for the uh, Rabbitohs in that game. Oh, sorry, second top. Uh, Cody Walker, with a couple of tries, got a 58 so look, I was I was happy with that. I was also happy with his. He didn't look lazy. He eleven hit ups for ninety meters, a uh, bunch of tackles. Like it, uh, it just yeah. He passed the eye test for me. How about you guys? Yeah, he's been in and out of my team at the moment. Um, see, I mean, the analysis that we originally did was his PPM wasn't great on the edge, but you know maybe that's a he's going to change, you know, his story on that one. So. Um, I don't know. The DPP is nice when he gets it. Yeah, D- DPP so. at five fifty k. If he if he cracks out of fifty, he's he's currently priced at. Let, let me just double check here, guys, because he looked like that was sustainable. There was nothing massive there, right? So he's got a break even at forty four, right? So if he gets to fifty, you've made a bit of coin, right? If he gets to fifty five, then you're good. The only downside, and it is danger, this is why it's a bit of a pod, is he does play Origin. And it looks like he's back in. He made peace with Billy about being a flog. Mm. All right. So, look, we got the we got the next team, uh, next game up. North Queensland Cowboys, 26 versus Brisbane Broncos, 6. Nick, you're up first this time. What have you got? Payne Haas, absolute monster. Um, he was absolutely in everything. I'm going to try and fit him in. Um, but he's so damn expensive, guy. Seven seven hundred eighty k. He's like, oh my goodness. But yeah, uh, he just looked absolutely fantastic. Um, and I, I fell asleep at halftime, guys. It was the late game, <laughs> so um, yeah, literally it went to halftime, and I sort of like passed out. And yeah, anyway, so that's my bust, <laughs> Stu. Uh, look, yep. Uh, look for me. Boom. Look, Kobe Hetherington, uh, team high 49 points. He did play a lot of minutes. He played about 65 minutes. And a lot of the guys, like uh, Payne Haas, did go off once he was sent off and didn't come back. So he only played 35. So he is a bit propped up by that. But Kobe Hetherington looks like an NRL player, which is good. So the danger is, of course, with that is, guys, is A, as we talked about earlier, he's been diagnosed with COVID, so he's not a, necessarily a lock to play round one. And B, Thomas Flegler is due back round four, and he's got to fit somewhere in this rotation. So Kobe could be the man left out. Um, but look, he's 371K. He's a dual position player, hook, hooker and uh, middle. So he's great cover for your team. Uh, the bust for me was the Broncos. Like just overall, they fell away again about three quarters of the way through the first half, I want to say. Nick? How did Kevy look? Kevy looked like his brother because they're... 
<laughs> no, seriously, I, I once went went out to the park and uh, I almost called that Kevy. I'm like, now Kevy's probably in the box. I'm like, is that Steve? It's like might be Steve, and then I spent so long doing, it, I didn't say anything. So, <laughs> but look, no, he, 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 he looks like his face. He just, um, uh, he didn't look thrilled. He didn't sound thrilled. A number of the like, look, Billy Walters didn't play that well. None of them really played that well, and that was that was the biggest disappointment on the day, and the fact that the only real points came from who scored the try was it? Uh, it was the centre. What's his name? Stags. I don't know. Stags. Who's no, the other it was Katoni Stags. Katoni Stags scored it um, up against uh, Jojo Fafita. And look, he looked quality when he did that, but the rest of the time they just they just didn't look right for me. Are, are we concerned that we're going to see more of the same from Brisbane, and I'm going to end up with serious egg that I put him second or sixth on my ladder, or was it just a I don't try and trial sort of game? Like, what sort of vibe did you get watching I, I, it? I got look. The the issue is is that the fall away was before half time, so I did see some of I did see a couple of worrying signs. I guess it depends on how much do they get out of Adam Reynolds? So how much stability does he bring to that team? Or have we overestimated how good he is? And they had, if, uh, it, young Cobb, they had young Cobb at fullback as well. He made a couple of you know defensive issues, which is just quite normal. But um, so, yeah, they had some pretty serious spine issues now that you think about it, eh? They did. Even if, even if Reynolds is healthy, though, uh, sorry, it, it does, does fix them. His health is always a concern, yeah? So... Like, can we can we see him punching out more than seventeen to eighteen games? Um, in fact, you know, if we went back through the years, I'm pretty confident he he hasn't in a number of years punched out more than seventy five percent of the season. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. It, it it's certainly a concern, especially because he ha- he often has like a lot of early shower games. He picks up a picks up a calf injury or a uh, you know something like that. So I will. I guess Broncos fans out there, you know, it's in the lap of the gods for him. He did play a lot of last year. Like I'm having a look there. He played uh, six, seven, eight, nine. He missed around 22 games. Yeah. He missed around nine and he missed the bye. And I think one other, yeah, 22. He he missed around 25 when Wayne rested everyone and they tuned up the Panthers. So he, he did play well last year. He's played uh, over 20 games from 2017 onwards, so... There you go. Pretty solid. 100%. I think he's more one of those niggling injury, leave a bit early fellas, than miss, you know, a few games because of it. Um, All right. So, um, next up, Melbourne Storm, 24 versus Knights 10. Uh, Who'd we go with first? Uh, Nick, you know what? You're up, mate. What have you got? Uh, Nico Hines. Um... I'm not quite on the Lomax no, no, kind of love. But... No, 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 Melbourne Storm versus Newcastle Knights. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm looking down the page. Sorry. Okay. I'm, I'm in love with this guy too, Jake Clifford. We were talking about him before the pod. Uh, Stu and I were talking about Toby Sexton and Jake Clifford. And, you know, for 80k less, you could pick up Jake Clifford, who just looks big and mean. And he busted through. Um, yeah. I'm trying to get Clifford in just because he's a bit cheaper than Sexton. Um, Stu, what have you got from the game? Look, I did like Jake Clifford a lot from that game. Um, I think also like Tyron Wishart, I'll just do a quick shout out to him. 
uh, he looks like he's going to be one of those Mr. Fix-It guys along with uh, Nick Meany. So he's going to play a bit more number nine and a half. He looks to have won that particular race to just fix those particular problems for the Storm. Uh, I also had, look, uh, Kurt Mann with a 41. Now he's showing us he can play mid. Unfortunately, I also had a look at what, what do you guys reckon Kurt Mann's break-even is? 38. So oh, now I just, so 41's nice. I like 41, right? But I'm not like, it wasn't 10 points worse of the nice. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm not off Kurt man. I'm just gonna, he's, he's moved down the pecking order in, you, you know, we'll get to team selection in a second. He's just moved down my order of my pecking order of guys that I'm looking at just a bit. So that, that's it. Uh, but look, he, he looked good. But he, he also then unbusted, boomed himself. Bradman Best, five points. Like, it just, guys, he is, with a game like that, I don't want to call him unpickable. But look, if you are picking him, go back and I guess you must have woken up out of a coma after round two, 2020. So, look, welcome <laughs> back to 2022. Glad you missed most of the pandemic. You were inside. The rest of us were bloody inside anyway. But, <laughs> mate, it's 2022. Uh, and Bradman Best has gone from being, like, the best oh, to being uh, just a bit too risky to have in your team at his price point. Uh, Nick, Ooh, it's so true, though. <laughs> Oh, mate. And, and look, did either of you two guys watch this game? No, mate, I didn't catch this one. Yeah, yeah, I watched it. Easy, Nick. What have you got, mate? Sorry, someone's deleted your notes, mate. That's why I didn't know. What What have you got? No, uh, yes, I'd, um, uh, I already went through oh, sweet. with uh, of Clifford. Of course you did. Anyway, so there we go. Uh, guys, this is the danger when working with shared notes is uh, your fellow co-host can stuff you around with it. Alright, so look, let's look at uh, the Cronulla Sharks versus Canterbury Bulldogs. Uh, look. Uh, let me kick it off. Let me kick it off. Let me kick it off. I okay. got Nico Hines, guys. Absolutely killed it. Uh, I was very, very, very impressed. Like, blew the doors off uh, in terms of uh, the eye test, in my opinion. Um, hair flowing. You know, nice uh, ball to Nakora. Um, kicking excellently um, at goal, that is. Um, and, yeah, he's an absolute uh, one of the first picks of my team this year, guys. Um, Stu? Uh, oh, you had a bust as well. Oh, okay. Uh, it's an easy one, TPJ. Everyone sort of knows he's a... Yeah, I, I don't know why he even did what he did, but anyway, he got sent off. Oh, sorry, sin bin. So anyway, that's just the risk, and I'm not willing to take that risk personally. Yeah, look, I think TPJ. Yeah, he absolutely busted his his fantasy percentage just off the back of this game because he didn't score that many points, and he got penalised and then uh, sin binned. Uh, yeah, basically within a minute of each other. So, and to be fair, the first run is pretty innocuous, and the second one, look, the sharks are a bunch of nigglers, but it's—I don't think it was worth the brain explosion. I think he needs to rein that in. But look, for me, mate, look, the boom—I've really got here. Look, I like the look of Burton in that team. I didn't like the look of the rest of the Bulldogs, but I like the look of Burton because he got—he got 35 points. We confirmed that he's kicking goals in that team, not Avarillo. We also confirmed that he is despite the fact that he's got the number six on his back. It's like when SJ played for the Sharks, right? 
he's the number seven in all but the number on his back. But he also scored a great try. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah, he killed it. Exactly. He wasn't touched. <laughs> so very yeah, much Pen- like- it's like the Penrith formation where you got TPJ running that inline like Kickow would. And you got Burton just running sort of the outline. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So, look, and to be fair, I'm pretty sure that um, uh, Trent Barrett was the attacking coach for the Panthers when they first started doing that. So, it makes sense that they, they've got that one down pat. Um, it was sort of a Barrett-esque move from uh, his days playing at St. George, actually. Uh, there are some similarities between how Burton and Barrett play. Uh, big left foot step. Uh, huge kicking game and they love to take the line on. So it's probably not a bad match actually now that I think about it because their styles are quite conducive between sort of coach and player. That's a good point there. And yeah, you're right. And Trent Barrett was a very, well, proper origin quality uh, 5.8. So look, I guess the bus... What else you me, got, Stu? Look, bus for me, Jack Hetherington. Uh, really big problem there because he just he only got 12 points he played a lot of the game he just seemed to wander in and out at certain times I think he's still learning the trade out on the edge and he also seems to be like the first man in on tackles and so he missed a couple and I also think he was really trying hard not to get penalised so he, <laughs> he he kept the arms down which was great but we lost some of that grunt apart from one point where I think he ran over who did he run over? Royce Hunt? He yeah, I think so. Yeah, he just just uh, forearm to the chest and then literally trod on him. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but look, uh, Jack Hetherington, take him out of your sides. I know I talked him his potential up a couple of weeks ago, but I'm not seeing it. Uh, Mitch, uh, I mean, I haven't written it down, but probably my first bust or, or as close to a bust you get is the Canterbury Bulldogs team. I was really high on this team and thought they'd be a top eight team, but. As of now, they're not clicking. I do think they're the sort of team that needs to grow into its own body. You've got a lot of new moving pieces there, and, and I'm hoping they'll figure it out. My biggest concern through our Cronulla talks was that Nico Hines had no kicking game. He's proven me wrong on that. He's also with that little deft ball. Hey, uh, what have you got right so far? Sorry? First it was what? the milk, now the Bulldogs. What, what, what else is... <laughs> Oh, mate, I'm glad my diagnosis at work aren't as inaccurate as I have been on this podcast because it's just been brutal. Like, like uh, maybe I should just not participate in the preseason because Hines look good. At least I'm willing to sort of admit admit when I'm wrong. Uh, Hines was sensational. He's in my team now. You, you couldn't not pick him. Uh, what we saw in the, the indigenous round, he's just taken uh, to the next level. And... Uh, it's clear that, that Matt Moylan is going to sort of play that ball running around as, as we discussed. The other thing, and this is the one thing, you know, I sort of have pride of myself for my injury predictions, but Andrew Fafida looked pickable. Uh, he has currently found his way onto my emergency team. If he makes the 17 on uh, Tuesday night, because he looks like he has 30 or so points in him around. And, and that, that'll be a little bit of cash like we had with, uh, Oh, gee. Uh, Daniel Alvaro last year that will make a bit of money, get off him, and uh, move up to someone else. But Fafita looked like he had had some points in him, had some minutes in him. So I think I might have been wrong about that one as well. So certainly one to look for on uh, Teamless Tuesday that if he's if he's there, I reckon he's worth rolling the dice at 240K. I do. He might get injured, but it's 240K 
find someone else and um, move on from there. Because at the end of the day, and we've said it many times, there aren't many mids to uh, go with this year. And Jack Hetherington was one of the ones I was going with. And now he has been swiftly deleted from my team as of Monday night because I think he's playing that Corey Harawir and Ira roll where he goes in there and hits hard and hopefully doesn't get anyone across the neck and therefore he's getting a lot of missed tackles as Stu was sort of saying. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Actually, one more I got to add from this one, bit of a boom. Max King came in, tackled everything that moved. Uh, 30 tackles in 35 minutes. Uh, only one missed tackle wow. in that. Uh, 33 fantasy points. So that uh, he... He came in and he he really tuned it up. So, as much as you say, look, Payne Haas had a stunner. Max King scored two points less in his thirty-five minute stint, and uh, is priced at two forty k. True, he's not likely to get sixty minutes, but <laughs> look, he, he doesn't like, need him. He doesn't need him. Not at two forty k. So again, yeah, these guys. Remember, you only need to get your ten points. So I guess. And I guess that's what we'll get into in the next phase, won't we, guys? Because we're going to get into the, the team list breakdown. So uh, let's put a timestamp on this one. Thank you, everyone at home, for listening to us for the last 55 minutes. And we're going to get to the team list. So, guys, uh, I guess we're coming to that time of the year where most people are trying to really put together the their team list uh, prior to the uh, first round one team list Tuesday. So guys at home, if you ever see us write up TLT, it stands for Teamless Tuesday, and that is at 4 p.m. on a Tuesday. Uh, NRL, you have to officially publish your uh, 21 players that are eligible to play in the, that week's game. Uh, basically, then that is cut down an hour before the game to... Uh, sorry, the day before the game to 19 and the hour before the game to the 17 that you'll start with plus one HIA reserve, 18th man. So round one, Teamless Tuesday is coming up next Tuesday, which if I get my dates correct here is the 8th of March, right? So we're going to do a big podcast then and break all that down. But basically... What we want to do now is go through our teams prior to that first Teamless Tuesday, talk about how we've constructed our teams during the off-season and who our picks are. So, look, I'm, you know, who would like to be first for this one? Nick. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. <laughs> okay. so, so, Mitch, okay. mate, uh, I'm going to ask you, mate, because you spoke first. Uh, I guess the first question is, is that when constructing your team... Who's the first pick you make and why? The captain's the first pick. He's double points. He's the most important player in your team, obviously, because he's the captain. And if you get that wrong, uh, you can lose head-to-head games based on your captain pick. Uh, I remember a couple of games last year. I'm sure everyone who's listening to the pod does. I didn't make Turbo Tom my captain a couple of weeks, and he scored 280, 300 freaking points. And it doesn't matter how good the rest of your team is because you cannot make that sort of points up. Um, got to get the captain right, which is why I'd love to not pick Nathan Cleary this way and find a way to, you know, cash up into him later. But you got to take him sort of... We used to take Cameron Smith first pick. Now we take Nathan Cleary and we just move on. Excellent. Okay. So, Nick, how about the first pick for you? Yep, exact same. Take Cleary, move on. 100%. 
And look, for me, it's very similar, guys. And look, we don't agree on much on this podcast all the time, but three of us, independently of each other, have come to this conclusion, is that pick your captain first. So that, and I guess to explain double points, your captain score gets doubled every week. So if he scores 50 points in the game, that actually gets doubled to 100. So it means that any difference between your captain and other people's captain is magnified. So you want to try and find the highest scoring guy you can get each week if you can afford him. So, all right. So guys, that's a good one. Uh, next one, Nick, I'll start with you, mate. What's when constructing the rest of your team? What is the goal of your list? What What are you trying to do? Not um, come last. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay. Well, I better not go with Nick then. Mitch, what is that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a sucker for goal kickers because I think if your team, uh, this is in the backs, obviously. There's not, uh, with the retirement of Cameron Smith, I was trying to go through the goal kickers list this week and uh, are there any forwards uh, who are goal kickers these days? Even then, he's sort of third string on that Roosters team. But um, so generally speaking with the backs, I try and get goal kickers in personally um, with the exception of Turbo last year, obviously. But, you know, so this year... um, when Burton kicked, I was like, cool, cementing that. Um, and when I'm looking for forwards, I'm looking at PPM. So for edges, I'm looking at over 0.7. And for middles, I'm looking for over you know, 0.85 or so. Um, and then if we can sort of work out minutes, obviously, then, then we're going to be making some excellent cash. But those are sort of the two main things I'm looking for. So goal kicking the backs and then um, good, nice PPMs in the forwards. Nice. Mitch, your thoughts on what is the goal of your list? The goal of my list is, at least initially, first round of the year, is to make as much bloody cash as I can while I have ideally 21 players scoring points, but certainly 17 uh, because my opinion on fantasy football is it's basically like playing the stock market. You want the value of your team to go up so you can have the best team possible. And it's all about finding uh, the diamonds in the rough. So where can I make cash? How can I make cash? What's the most reliable way to do it and the safest way to do it? So looking at, is this person going to get suspended? Is this person going to get minutes? Is this person going to get injured? And trying to really uh, play the stats and play the data. So first goal of my team is how can I make uh, money so I can cash into place who I know are going to succeed into the long term yeah no that's yeah that's definitely really good Mitch and I guess what have you got to do mate for me uh, I am I'm very much of a similar mind where I want to have 21 starting players right I almost want to have 21 or at least like 19 players who are in their starting 13 so not coming off the bench walking onto the field if I can uh, because if you're starting string, it means you're less likely to be uh, forced out by you know new talent coming from behind. Worst case scenario, you go to the bench and it gives you a little bit of time to uh, get out. Whereas if you pick these risky players on the edge, uh, like, like sorry on the bench, you always got a chance of uh, losing your spot. The other th- so my goal is is that to get a team which is scoring points for me week to week, so that I'm not. Like, you know, if you're playing for head-to-head, you don't want to be losing every game, just trying to earn cash. You still want to be getting some good points in there. But you want to be hitting that $14 million or so 
point where basically you've uh, your initial starting players, the ones that you wanted to make money off, they have, and they've either turned into what we call keepers, and keepers are guys that you just have in your team the whole year because they're really good, or they've just reached the plateau of how many points they're going to score. Their price rise has matched that, and then you sell them and you go and get better players. <laughs> Maybe some other people who've had a couple of bad weeks and they've had a little bit of dip in price and you buy them a little bit cheap. So, and by that, and the goal is, is that by round 20 or so, you want to have the strongest possible sides. You want to be upgrading from your Stephen Crichtons and your Rocco Berries to your uh, Turbo Toms and uh, the like. So, I guess that's the goal for me is to make my money while still scoring enough points to remain competitive in all of my leagues. And uh, just remember, guys, to listen to what Stu says because he absolutely smashed us last year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, look, I, I got very lucky last year. And this is the other part, guys. Shit. Remember that there's everything is a gamble, right, with these type of things, right? Like... Will Penasini, Steve Crichton, Rocco Berry, a lot of these guys which people are carrying on, Ethan Bullimore, even Randall, right? Anything can happen to them. They can have a bad week. The coach cannot take a disliking to them because there's something that happens at training that we do not see, right? They can pick up an injury. They can get COVID and they could be out of your side. They could be, you know, out for the season. So really part of this as much as it is about we're trying to help you in the best position something bad can happen and everyone just gets sprung by it right Nathan Cleary comes in round one busts his shoulder again out for six you know 12 weeks loses 100 grand you lose your shirt I, I would say, though, and this is something you've said, which has convinced me on a number of players, is when you're a bit concerned about something like that, it's important to have players of difference. But at the same time, if you're a little bit concerned on someone, but everyone in the comp or league has picked them, you don't really lose your shirt, even though you've got to burn a trade because everyone had to burn a trade. So it's sort of also about knowing where to take the risks, right? Like Pappenhausen is a good example of that. Um where we're all a bit worried about the concussion, but because everyone has him, if it happens, worst case scenario, everyone has a bad round, you trade him out and find someone else. That's true. And I guess, yes, it's it's uh, it's very much around that choice where there's only a one in four chance that your pod going off against everyone else's, like uh, the consensus choice, really works out for you. And that's if your guy goes gangbusters and their guy does really badly. Because... Most of the time, your guy will go well, their guy will go well, and it's just a neutral. It's a draw. Or then there's always the chance that the other side happens, which is is that you go and choose uh, a guy which no one else has chosen, you know, Mr. 2%. So for me, uh, Eli Katoa, I go and choose him. He's at 2% ownership. Uh, Everyone else picks on Mr. 25% ownership, and... He Eli Katoa doesn't do well. Everyone else's guy has done well. Suddenly I'm behind. I'm having to play catch up. All my other good trades are just helping me to play catch up. I'm not ahead. So yeah, do think about that with your points of differences. Uh, the last one for risk mitigation, guys, is dual position players. If you see us as DPP, uh, if we say that, that's for dual position players. That means is that they're eligible to play in your starting 13 in either of those positions listed for them. 
These are really good on your bench or in your team because they can plug gaps. So guys like Steve Crichton, yes, they might not be necessarily as great as Will Penasini, but he can fill in at wing fullback or at centre, which means is that you've got to add like maybe what a 5% value to him just due to the fact that he's, uh, he's more versatile in your team. And certainly in a COVID year, the more flexibility you have to make sure you have 17, the more likely you are to find yourself in the top 1,000 or 100 of players in fantasy. I think it's going to be a thing. Players are going to be able to get COVID more than once. And it, with this variant, it's so darn contagious. We are going to see last-minute shifts. It's going to be very important to be able to plug players in and have good coverage. It's something you were saying, Stu, that it just won't be about cash. It's about making cash, but making sure you have good coverage across that 21 and that that were things to go wrong in one or, or two positions, you could quickly push someone in and, and you'd be okay. 100%. And look, we, we've got a few other things we want to do tonight. So when we're talking about our teams here, guys, um, I guess we might just really quickly go through them, but just just like maybe a one-liner just about the, any particular guy that we've chosen, right? And what I will do for everyone at home is I will make sure that we post these up online for everyone. I might replace the DoorDash logos with, you know, a picture of my face or something as the primary sponsor of this podcast. And uh, we'll post them up online for you guys to mock and order, ask questions about, and to post your own as well. And and we can answer more questions that way. So, Nick, mate, do you want to just really quickly take us through who's your starting hooker and who have you got as backup? I've got um, Chris Randall, starting hooker, and backup at the moment is Corey Pakes. So I'm not feeling great about it, but um, all about that cash. Um, and you, you know what? If Harry Grant wasn't suspended round one, I probably would definitely bring him in. But um, just due to that, I, I don't want to start behind necessarily straight away. And so yeah, that, that's who I got. Nice. Okay, Mitch, who's you got, mate? Starting hooker. Exactly the, exactly the same for exactly the same reasons. Corey Pay and Chris Randall. I'm not giving up a... If I can get a few points on you, Stu, early in the season with you taking Harry Grant, I will. <laughs> and that's that's the danger, guys. If you're playing head-to-head, right, and you, your mates know what your team is, it's pretty gross. Now, for me, look, starting hooker, round one is is not playing. Uh, Harry Grant, I've taken him because I think that he's possibly the hooker with the most upside this year, even at 697. I then also have Chris Randall and Corey Pay because I think that they will make me cash. And also, I played Chris Randall round one. So... But I think that it looks starting hookers under 400 grand are just under 450, really. No brainers. So, especially ones like that uh, have a number of weeks to prove their worth. All right, let's go to middles. Mitch, I'll start with you this time. Talk me through your three middles and who your backups are. Uh, so, currently, my three middles, uh, I'm going all in on cash, but this will be subject to Teamless Tuesday. I've got Odo. Otoka Manu, King, Max King that is. Uh, I've got uh, Josh King, and then I've got Andrew Fafida. So there's a bit more risk than I. Uh, I'm going very risky here, but it'll make sense once we get to my halves and centers. This is subject to change. I'm really currently in the mix of fiddling around and and trying to find ways to squeeze players. Um, that I know will make cash. So I'm always a big fan of finding the, the diamonds in the rough, those four or 500K players to make you a bit of coin and, and then make an easy trade up. So 
I'm not feeling as good as I would like to for any of those mids, but I do think all of them have the ability to make cash. It sort of all depends on TLT. If you sort of for Fida and the King Boys aren't playing, uh, my team will be changing substantially based on that. <laughs> oh, I'm not um, much better off, mate. I got Arrow, Max King, Eth. Uh, Bullimore and Andrew Fafita as well. So. I like I like the I like the arrow though. You've got a little bit more stability than bloody uh, you know Josh King. I don't mind that at all. That's it. Yeah, especially with that Melbourne Storm pack. Um, and look for myself, I've got uh, Stefano Udo Kamanu. I've got Jai Arrow. I've got Ethan Bullimore, and I have a Max King sitting on the bench in emergencies for me. All right, and I guess, yeah, for me, it's, I've got a couple of guys. I've got Jay Arrow, who's likely to pick up dual player position. That's why he's in there for me, because he can cover a number of spots. Ethan Bullimore will also likely pick up dual player position round one at 331K and play a few games. But he's a risk, because um, they've got guys due back from injury. injury. And Udo Kamano, I think, is a stud. All right, uh, let's talk about our edges and their backup, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh Nick, take us away. You and Aitken, um, I went on a love fest with him in our Warriors pod. Uh, enormous upside. Both former of uh, Eaton Crow here. I said he was an absolute dud, but now he's got the starting spot. I'm in. I'm all in. I've got this um, Tui Luggy guy who I've not seen play. So <laughs> He did look good in the West Tigers game. He, he looked like he his big body, like proper big body and could hit a hole. Look like I've, I've also got uh, me and everyone else. I've got Isaac Targo as well, sort of as as a DPP cover. He's an edge center, so um, well, let's just say he's a cover for the edge as well. Uh, Stu, who have you got, mate? I have uh, Eli Katoa, who's a looking the predicted start one of the starting edge forwards. I've actually got both starting edge forwards forwards for the Warriors, which is a concern. So I've got Ewan Aiken, who's a dual player edge and center. So I think Ewan Aiken guys very smart choice for you can fill a number of holes uh i've also got isaac targo as a dual edge center and i've got jaya arrow obviously who we talked about previously and ethan bullimore both edge eligible likely round one mitch uh this is where my dpp-a-thon starts although one of them isn't but but uh as i sort of go through it'll be more obvious i've got you and Aitken as uh, my center edge sort of starting edge. And I've got Hudson Young. You both talked me into you and Aitken. I'll be properly filthy if Nathan Brown changes his role <laughs> and he doesn't end up in second row. Things will get thrown. Computers will get broken. But, but he, he, he's in there. So, you know, mate, mate, sorry, guys. If, 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 if you and Aitken is a... Nathan Brown is like, and you still took him, you got to own that, man. You can't blame us for nothing. I listen to this podcast back every week and I'm going to be blaming both of you. <laughs> oh, gosh. So that, that'd be my second row. Uh, well, well, technically, I don't have coverage because they sit in the rest of the team but, but can be shuffled around. So, you know, I've got Matt Burton, I've got Jack Bird, I've got Isaac Targa and I've got Crichton but I also have winger fullbacks there to, and halves to cover all of them. And that's sort of where the, the DPP-a-thon starts, which is why I've gone so soft on my mids because I've got DPPs running out my eyeballs for the edge, half center and winger fullback position. Nice. So you're relying on your starting team to cover your edges. Is that correct? No, that's not correct because I could quickly, for instance, put 
Crichton to edge, Bird to second row, and Coates to her winger fullback if I needed to. So I'm looking at super, super flexibility on a 21 that can score points this year in a year where I think we might have a few more injuries with Volandi's bull and, and COVID outs. But as we go through, it'll be more obvious. That's it. And look, I'll start next with the halves. So at halves, I've got uh, the coach captain, Nathan Cleary. Some guiding light down at the Panthers, mate. Hope you're good for round one. Uh, and I've also, just off off a spicy whim, I've actually got Jake Clifford. So, oh, shit, me too. <laughs> now, I've got Jake Clifford. I also have as cover, I have Matt Burton, who's actually a starting centre. I have Lachlan Ilias, who's a starting half. I have Corey Pay, who's a half. I have uh, Amon, uh, who's a half. I have Brad Schneider who's a half, and I'm Billy Walters, who's a half. Now, I'm probably going to have to cut at least one of these come team list Tuesday, but there's a whole bunch of halves starting at below three, 350k or below, and there's a lot of money made in the halves, guys, even with the kick meter nerf. So Yeah, it's going to be interesting trying to find the cheap halves. Um, I've, as I said, I've got Clifford and Cleary as well, but uh, unfortunately, I had to uh, cut Amon this week uh, just because he's the most expensive of those cheapies. You know, I'm sort of thinking if they all average the same, well, you know, Amon won't make the same cash because he's 50 grand more than Ilias. So I've got Clifford, Cleary, uh, Ilias, Schneider, Walters, and Corey Pay as well. Oh, I am Matt Burton. Oh, and Nico Hines as well. So, you know, heap, heaps of halves. Yeah, guys, if you... Uh, if you the Halves are not an issue this year. Not at all. What have you got, Mitch? Well, I, I was sorry, just to circle back, I have uh, Kane Lawton as my coverage as a hooker edge uh, for my on my bench. I was just looking there and I've had an absolute... Kane Lawton? Carl Lawton? Lawton. Carl Lawton, sorry. Um, <laughs> he... he Carl Lawton on the uh, on the bench. I I didn't see him there, so I, I have a ridiculous amount of edge coverage. And in the halves, it's sort of uh, much the same. I've got Cleary, Burton, uh, Mann, and currently Schneider and Elias pending Teamless Tuesday. Sweet as. All right, Nick, take us away. Who are your centers and cover? Oh, I'm feeling excellent about this, boys. Zach Lomax. Oh, <laughs> you know Give him the screw, I'm... boys. I'll pick you up an extra one on the weekend. You How know many what? people have we got in the league now? Because that... <laughs> boys... Nearly 450. Uh, like 250, I think. Guys, that's people join our That's $1,000, man. Which charity is this going to? <laughs> we got uh, 245 so far. Oh, um, man. Okay. Get emails every day about it, so yeah, you're going to send me a break. Um, yeah, so I got uh, I got Steve Crichton on the bench um, as sort of the DP pay cover, which is um, I was I've been toying around with Rocky, Rocco Berry, but um, I've just managed to to squeeze the numbers and Rocco. Sorry, mate, you didn't make the cut. I got Isaac Targo as well as a DPP cover um, and Aitken as well in the edge, so you can you can also jump in. Uh, Mitch, what? Uh, Surely you can't beat my starting centers, can you? Uh, well, no, I've got Targo and Bird as my starting centers, but as coverage, I've got uh, Stephen Crichton, who's also a starting winger fullback. And uh, I, as we said before, had uh, Ewan Aitken and Matt Burton who could slide in there. So, no, I think you probably got me for the center position, but I feel very comfortable that everyone there is going to succeed and score me points. Yeah. I might have you, mate. It depends, though. I've got Matt Burton and Will Penasini. 
So as my starting sentence, uh, I've then got Steve Crichton and Rocco Berry. They're there currently. Nice. My, they're currently my starting wing fullbacks. So that's not as nice, but you know, it is what it is. And I've got Isaac Targo sitting on the bench as cover as well. All right, and um, look, I'll, I'll take the runoff then for the wing fullback because I've already mentioned two of them. I've got Steve Crichton and Rocco Berry as my two starters, along with Ryan Pappenhausen. I wanted Nico Hines, and I can probably do the surgery to get him in, but for me, it's very much a case of um, if Ryan Pappenhausen doesn't start round one, I can just slot Nico Hines in. If I do all this work to make them both work, I don't want to have to undo it all. So... <laughs> Uh, Pride of Teamless Tuesday, that's my team. And I need to uh, do a little bit of work here because I've got to do a lot of shuffling in my side to get a reserve because currently it's Isaac Targo shuffling other people around to get me a spot. I've got to do like three shuffles to get myself a spare wing fullback. Not in love with it, so I'll probably make a change come Teamless Tuesday. Uh, Mitch, who have you got on your wing fullback? Uh, and a bit like yourself, I've done the surgery to make it happen, but I'll be really annoyed if I have to undo it to take your sort of phrases. I've got Hines, Pappenhausen and Crichton sitting in the wing of fullback role, which is some nice coverage for both the half and center position. And then I've got Xavier Coates uh, sitting in my emergency as cover. Nice. And Nick, take us out, mate. Who have you got? Uh, I've got some more spice, boys. So I've got... Uh, <laughs> I've got Paffenhausen and Nico Hines, so not much spice. But my last spot at the moment, I've got uh, James Tedesco. Whoa. Oh. So you've spent, just off the top of my head there, it's like $1.9 million Yep. On three. Okay. I'm weighing up. I'm weighing up. Do you I'm have, do you up. have that $1,000? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm weighing up um, the Teddy or waiting a week for Latrell. Oh, no. because, because I want Latrell as a goal kicker is my thinking, but okay. I'd have to wait a week. But the Latrell roller coaster, don't do it. It's painful. Don't do it. <laughs> well, uh, I, I might have to, um, you know, uh, get more advice from a resident physio, Mitch, on uh, Teddy's knees and things like that. But um, they've got a soft uh, early schedule, boys. Mate, I have, I have no problem with the Teddy pick. I think, as I said to you. Uh, it worked for him last time. He didn't look too busted. Uh, this sort of, you know, towards the end of last year, like Croker did. I think maybe he's carrying a bit of a niggle, but it's not awful. I, I don't hate it. I don't hate the Teddy pick at all. I think you could be onto something with the Roosters run. I think they'll explode out of the gates. You, you, you might be, we might be, uh, you might be drinking our tears, actually. That's, uh, that's it might, might he might get busted during the year, though, uh, with, with, um, yeah. Is- favorite uh medical stuff <laughs> that's true no, this, this is this is why though you make 300 200 300k and you trade out and you're, you're laughing that's true well teddy can be an 800k player like it's he's he's not affected by most of the nerfs apart from tackle breaks so which will hurt him a bit but um i look he, he's a quality player i guess the the last part there about construction guys like nick has really made an all-in play here in the wing fullback he spent about one fifth of his cash across three players. Uh, all well, in the same well what, what what happened was is I had one spot left, right, and I had about seven hundred k, and I thought, well, why not go for like a higher upside play because I don't think Haas is going anywhere price 
wise. Um, no. For feeder and Cherry Evans aren't going anywhere price wise. And, and when you look at those other top tier guys, they they don't necessarily go anywhere. The only one that's going to go anywhere possibly is Harry Grant, I'd say, um, in terms of upward movement. So I don't know. No, look, I I, I like it, man. Yeah, the only other guy that I think that might have a bit of upward movement is Angus Crichton. But again, that that'll be temporary. I'm not sure he can keep that. Oh, I can't afford that, mate. That's <laughs> that, true. That's out of my price price range. That's true. And I guess this is the last part, guys. Is that like looking at your bench? Just make sure that there's enough depth to keep you covered. Um, you know, this year is the year of the COVID. They only I know they said they gave us more trades, guys. They gave us two more trades, not that many more. <laughs> so it's it's going to be real filthy at some point uh, during the year like if a number of guys get COVID or get injured or whatever else and you're stuck there with two or three red dots in your team along with a couple of players who aren't playing or aren't eligible to play in the positions you're short so and nothing's worse than having to trade out a real keeper of a player because you have to fill the hole in your team all right. Well, look, guys, we've been through those. We will post them out as well online for your mockery uh, for us prior to Teamless Tuesday. Uh, we'll lose some listeners, boys, I think. <laughs> They'll go, they're advising us with this crap. <laughs> but anyway, and the good news is that they're all a bit different, so you can take and pick from the best that you see overall. So, look, and again, it may all change Teamless Tuesday. We will post something out prior to round one about what our updated teams look like. So now, Nick. Just, just, just as a quick question, sorry. Uh, do, you, do you guys favor any teams in particular um, in terms of just looking at your, your team or have you sort of spread amongst all 16 NRL teams? Just quickly. I have three Warriors, which worries the heck out of me. I got three Panthers. And three storm, and that's I've good. Tried, I tried to limit the tigers to one. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I, I've got I've, I got three dragons. I got three dragons. No, two dragons. That's two, two, dragons. two dragons. I've got one bulldog. Uh, two from Souths. It's pretty even. Two from the. I didn't hear any Cowboys, boys. <laughs> I, I, I had. I have potentially got the hammer in there, pending Pappenhausen. Yeah, I've I'm look if Nano gets the starting spot, but he didn't play the other day. He wasn't well, and look Hammer I like, but I just didn't quite see enough to make me happy in that game. Um, so I've yeah, I'm I'm a bit on the fence about the Hammer. Like I know we've recommended him. You won't lose your shirt by playing him. I don't think this year he's he's got a lot of upside as well. But oh yeah, he's just not in my round one team. Yeah, anyway, I just thought it was quite interesting. I don't think any of us had sort of stacked our teams with, with any particular teams, hey? No, not at all. Uh, look, I've, yeah, there's not too many. I, To be honest with you, the one thing I did do after watching that game, I had to have at least one para player in there. But because they're such a stable team, there's only a couple to choose from, so that's why I chose Penasini. <laughs> so, look, he, he, looks the, he does look good. But I'm, I'm surprised that I have three Warriors in my team. 
That's, that's not good, mate. <laughs> start over. Oh, look, both starting hedges <laughs> in the centre. <laughs> well, you know what? I will watch Rocco Berry because if Rocco Berry is playing outside you and Aiken, who I don't think actually passed the ball last year. <laughs> he is playing outside you and Aiken. You're, you're kidding me. Okay, Rocco Berry he's, may need to go. He's left centre. Oh, far <laughs> out. Okay, I might need to watch that because I can just see Rocco Berry being the best player in the game and us never seeing it. Like he could be, you know, Ryan Pappenhausen 2.0 and we would never know because he gets past the ball once. And it's a cutout ball that was meant for you and Aiken, but he missed it. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So just everyone take Rocco Berry out of your teams now. <laughs> oh, man. I, I don't know. No, I, look, he's going to stay for now, but it's I'm worried. Anyway, look, Nick has also made uh look let's uh let's timestamp that for the lovely people at home and uh i think we're at uh 127 uh but what i will do is nick take us away through your 2021 predictions what have you there got you go. we'll just run through these pretty quickly you don't have to justify them just go through your predictions and we'll post these as well um, your top overall, so we're just going overall, not your average. Top overall fantasy hooker, Stu. Um, what do you got? Got Reed Marnie there. I think he's going to be on a tear. Uh, I've got Harry Grant. And I've got Damian Cook. Okay, we're all different. Okay, that's nice. That's nice. Did you, okay. did you take Reed Marnie based on my physio prediction? No, I took, Reed, he... I took well, partly due to that, that it looks he'll come back strong and also due to the fact that uh, if Harry Grant's fit, Reed Marnie probably won't play Origin, so you get two or three more games. We're playing for overall here, boys. So if you're not playing Origin, it's a point in your favour. I thought we were playing head-to-head. What's, I picked no, no, my no, team no, on no, head-to-head. No, no, I'm talking about as in for the prediction, it's the top hooker by overall. Oh, players. right. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. okay yep, gotcha. gotcha. Okay, Nick, what's next? Uh, we got uh, top mid overall, don't we? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I've got Payne Haas. Mitch, what do you got? I got Payne bringing the Haas. Oh, guys, I've done something totally different to you. I've got Payne Haas. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, yeah, you can't, can't go wrong with Payne Haas, I think. Um, on to Edge, guys. Um, I've got Angus Crichton, you know, bit of a bounce back factor. Uh, Mitch, what do you got? I've got the man that the Boom or Bust crew have absolutely no hope in tackling, and that's David Fafita. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. And Stu. I've got Angus Crichton as well on that schedule. Ooh, and look, I'll, nice. I'll lead us off as well for the next one, which is the top half overall. And I'm going to go out in a real pod direction here and go Nathan Cleary. What have you got, Mitch? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go a little bit different and go Nathan Cleary. Oh. And I will also go uh, Nathan Cleary, please, sir. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all good. And look, top center overall for most number of points scored. Uh, look, I've got Matt Burton. Uh, Nick, what have you got? Yeah, Matty Burton. Can't go wrong. Mitch? Uh, you got to go Matt Burton. Ooh, okay. Look, there's, there's basically nothing there. I guess, look, guys, starting fullback, uh, sorry, starting half, who's kicking all the goals and getting most of the kick meters in a team. which And just a boss. Yeah. Just absolute boss. Yeah, at centre, which is a tough position to fill. It's hard to walk past guys. Try and fit him in. I know that a lot of Mitch, you got who's your top wing fullback, Mitch? As long as they keep up the formula, it's got to be Tommy Turbro. 
Yeah, <laughs> mate, I, I, I agree. Like I saw it in the trials there. He's He's got no chill, Tommy Turbo. He's not like his brother. He's not a nice guy. He, he kills. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've got the spicy pick, guys. James Tedesco. I've got the revenge, I, revenge mate, season. I like it. With the Roosters run early, I, I, I even like your James Tedesco pick of the tee. That's, that, that spice is... My mouth is still burning. Mm. Hey, guys. We'll get on to some fantasy props. Uh, cash cow of the year. Mitch, who's your cash cow of the year? That's Sam Walker to you. ruin the party with Luke Q playing round one. So I've gone Chris Randall and been boring. But like secretly, I also have Sam Walker. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've I've got Chris Randall, but I've also secretly just chosen Chris Randall. He's the only guy for me. <laughs> Nick? So, so I had Xavier Savage and then realized I was stupid. So I went with Billy Walters. But you didn't have Sam Walker for a bit, so you're not that stupid. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, true. We look 240K starting, averaging 40 in Reggie's. That's not bad. Okay, guys. We'll, um, we'll get on to the highest score of the year. So last year was, was it Turbo with 150, Stu? What did he crack? Yeah, he did. He got a 150 in the last game. If you captained him, you got 300 and you devastated the opposition. Uh, I'm going to tip Turbo to top the high school this year with 131. Um, Stu, who you got? Look, I've got... I reckon the scores have come down a bit now that they've reduced points for most things. So I've got Nathan Cleary for 112. Ooh. Mitch? I reckon both your, your nuggets are overestimating. I think the points will come down and no one's going to crack 100. I think... Payne Haas is going to top with 94. I think Cleary will be solidly around 80 to 90 all year, but Payne Haas is going to pick him with a 94 um, when the Broncos just can't tolerate being shit anymore. (laughs) Yeah, the the Volandis balls was just on steroids last year, so some of these scores were just ludicrous. Uh, Good prediction, Mitch. That's that's nice. I'll remember that. Okay, guys, top fantasy average, Mitch. uh, any, Any spice? Yeah, I think I do have a bit of spice because I put down uh, Payne Haas, but I just think it could be the year of the forward here and I think the nerfs will bring it back to square and I just feel like Cleary might have a, a couple more injuries this year. So I got Payne Haas. Holy dooly. Jesus. Whoa. Damn. Now, look. Okay. Uh, look, I've got Nathan Cleary there because I, I reckon he'll, he'll still keep it up. I can't. What changes at Panthers? And Nick, what have you got? Yeah, exact same. Yeah, Cleary. I think that's a no-brainer. I think Mitch is a crazy one. Hey, yeah. guys. What's the uh, what's the highest-scoring top fantasy prospect of the year? Um, so, so most so overall it, points from any position. Any position. So he's a number one player. So last year was DC, was it, Stu? DC scored the most fantasy points like from an overall perspective. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, what, do you, what do you got, Stu? Now, mate, okay. Yeah, I'll say, look, I've got Nathan Cleary because I picked him as the top overall half. So, you'd probably be the top fantasy overall for me. Nick, what, uh, Mitch, what have you got? I picked him as the top uh, fantasy average and he's he plays every week pretty well. So, I'm going to take Payne Haas. And Nick? Now, Nick has chosen. Who have you chosen, Nick? <laughs> I've chosen Jerome Hughes. Now, that's hilarious because if we go back in time, I would rewind the tape, but I can just look up. He said what? the top half overall would be Nathan Cleary. <laughs> yeah. For, for, but he said that the top fantasy overall point score will somehow be Jerome Hughes. 
who will score less points than Nathan Cleary, <laughs> but also somehow be the top overall fantasy player. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to go back and say Jerome Hughes for my top overall, overall uh, half. Half. Okay. I actually, okay. I actually quite like that. I think he that's doesn't like origin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. I reckon that's, so, quite, that's quite spicy. He's durable. The storm will be good and uh, doesn't play origin. That's true. Look, Jerome Hughes is my reserve backup. If Nathan Cleary doesn't play, I just take him out. I put in Jerome Hughes. He's will be safe and bank the cash. Hey, guys. I'm just going to have a quick one here um, in an in insert. Uh, Hughes or Munster, who's going to score more points this year, average-wise? Hughes. Hughes. Yeah, right. Okay. But look, Munster will do well. I, I, I mean, Munster will probably yeah. be the top 5-8. I'm going Munster higher average, but uh, Hughes higher overall. Okay. That may, does make sense because Munster will play less games due to origin. Hey, guys, uh, we got one more um, fantasy-relevant uh, prop. We've got the naughty corner. So who's going to be suspended the most games, guys? Uh, Mitch. Uh, I mean, it just depends if he makes the 17, right? Because surely Hook's going to get sick of it. But Tyrell Fumayono, like, he's just a serial <laughs> knucklehead. Like, I just can't. Oh, God. Uh, we said we weren't going to justify it. Uh, Tyrell Fumayono. Will he take the field to get suspended again, though, this year? That, well, that's exactly my point. Like, assuming Hook has a brain fart and actually puts him on the field, then I'd, I'd say Fumono. And uh, if not, then I think Jack Harrington will probably continue to struggle to <laughs> hit below the neck. <laughs> Stu? Oh, look, I, I've gone a bit spicy. I've gone that Hudson Young might pull out the old eye gouge and get 20 weeks. Oh, yuck. How about Do you, that. Nick? I've got, um, oh, just based on form, Latrell Mitchell. You know, towards the back end of the year, he was just, you know, clobbering guys to front and center, you know, pulling out baseball bats on them. So. <laughs> and he doesn't have Wayne Bennett to sort of calm him down. This, this could be all time. <laughs> He's already started the season by basically saying we're not playing touch footy. That's always bodes well for a guy you want to <laughs> possibly bash less people. <laughs> uh, G.I. said he wants to see more aggression. It's like, oh, my goodness, could he bring any more aggression? <laughs> Oh, he um, can okay. leave with a flying kick. <laughs> oh. Didn't he kick someone and break their jaw last oh, season? He did. He did. Uh, poor AJ Brimson uh, lashed out with his foot. Uh, totally accidentally. Gary face. Oh, 100%. Yeah. He's, he's responsible for a few breakages. Talk about players who aren't good for the game, huh? Ooh, okay, I'll leave, oh. leave that one to stand where it is. That's uh, slander. That's going on the list, mate. Oh, look, I don't you care. You probably have your reported to the police, mate. Sorry. He might already be down here. <laughs> he, 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 he can fight me. I don't care. <laughs> I'll pay to see that. Let's add it to the list of Nick's Mitch's slander for Magic Round. Uh, uh, Latrell Mitchell, you know, if, if you want it, he'll be there at Magic Round. Okay, so... <laughs> okay, now, Nick, you've added a few more, which is to add for our uh, next week stuff. And we'll go through these real quick. Um, which is the o NRL overall. What do we think uh, people are going to score for the NRL? So uh, we got top try scorer for the year. So Mitch, who do you think is going to be the top NRL try scorer for 2022? No brainer, Xavier Coates. Oh, quality ball. Makes sense. Uh, Nick, who have you got? Same, mate. Oh, I don't think you can go wrong on that edge. Ooh. And look, I've gone a little bit spicy for this one. I thought one of them I've got to bust out. I've gone Marcelo Montoya from the Warriors there. I reckon I'll get some quality ball from their edges. 
And look, he found the try uh, do you know, three do you know times. Who he put, do you know who he plays outside of? <laughs> Rocco Berry. Yes. <laughs> Johnson's going to have to kick it to him to score. <laughs> well, I did actually see quite a few, what I would call um, a few cutout balls. That's the only reason why he got a triple in the first game. So I'll, I'll live to regret the Marcelo Montoya one, I'm sure. But look, I'll give it a go, Marcelo It's very Montoya. spicy. Okay, top okay. point scorer. So, Nick, who have you got top point scorer? I've got um, Ryan Pappenhausen, guys. I like mm-hmm. that. He's a goal kicker, and he'll uh, score a bucket load of tries. So, I don't think he'll be top of either, but I think just combined, I think he'll uh, take out the top point scorer. That's pretty fair. Uh, Mitch, who have you got? Uh, you can't go past Nathan Cleary, can you? That's true. He kicks goals and he loves a try, does Nathan. And look, I've got Nathan Cleary too, but look, Ryan Pappenhausen is a very good shout as well. Yeah, I would uh, agree with that. You know, the other guy I'd have up there would be Ruben Garrick, obviously, if the Eagles can kick on. Uh, look, Dally M, who have we got? I, I see we've chosen wildly different people here. Mitch? Uh, I really wanted to go Black Jack Whiten because I thought it was his to have until... Jamal Fogarty decided to tear his meniscus, so I'm going to lay up and go Nathan Cleary. Uh, okay, Nick, who have you got? Actually, I'm going to change that. Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt? What? Wow. Ben Hunt. I think Mitch oh my. The, the brownies that he's been eating finally caught up with. Is it is because it the rest of the Dragons team is pretty shit, is it? Ben Hunt, man. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So he gets, he'll get the points because the rest of the Dragons team shit. Yep. And he's going to yeah, play right. well. That's not a bad tip. They'll okay. win some, they'll win some games. That's how we'll jack quite one. Yep. Oh, clear. I think, I think the judges will, uh, you know, feel bad for him, you know, missing the last two two years. So, Stu, who you got? Yeah, look, I've got Nathan Cleary too. And yeah, as long as he plays, if he plays 20 games, he wins. So, I think it's the danger will be, can he play fit now that he'll be targeted? All right. Uh, rookie of the year. Uh, this one's actually pretty good. For once, we're not all agreeing with each other. Nick, who have you got? Um, Xavier Savage, if he gets a chance, um, I think he'll poll quite well. And um, just to confirm, I had a look. The um, There are some players who aren't eligible because they've played more than five games. So um, back in the last year, like Amone and a couple of other guys who you know probably should be in contention, um, is be, it so five why. or more or more than five? I think if you play more than five, so when you okay. play sixth, sixth game, I think. Okay, okay. So my pick's still good. Just checking. Okay, Mitch, who have you got? Tyrell Sloan. That man knows how to cross the white line. So I got two dragons in a row. Um, <laughs> I promise you I have no brownies in my system. It's been a long week, but no brownies in the system. <laughs> and look, uh, I've got Toby Sexton because I believe he played four games last year. So Such a good pick. Starting half, man. Like, I know you guys were filthy when I mentioned him. So, and look, I'm just going to get this one out of the way. We all think that New South Wales is going to win the state of origin, assuming that... As long as, as long as Cleary plays. As long as Cleary plays and probably as long as the earth doesn't open up and swallow the New South Wales team, you know, like the biblical plagues of old. So, in fact, their second string team, that would be a pretty good game versus current Queensland. It's nice to know. I guess this is what Queensland felt when they were winning for all those years, right? <laughs> now, just like you know that your team's better and you're probably going to win. All right. But they're not just better. They're significantly better. Okay. Here's a question. I posed it to you both last year. Who on the Queensland team 
makes the New South Wales team. Munster. Munster. Over yeah, Moai. Not, 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 not if they pick Jack White at 5'8", which they should. Uh, no, what? Je- or, Mate, no. Munster's, Munster's been on the wide. Come on. Munster and... Wyatt is the best player on the league if he has a half that can deal with the the general work. Oh. Uh, no, fair. Uh, look, I'd say Cam Munster's got that hmm. ball goal and he can win a game by himself. So, but it's still, look, yeah, we're only yeah, talking about they, one or two guys at most. Yeah. they. Hmm. Harry Grant would possibly be the other one. You might... He and Cookie would have a good race. Hmm. That would be good. Hmm. But you probably pick Cookie on, like on experience. So you're right. Who would you have? You might mm. have Grant. You probably have Munster. Maybe, yeah. Mm. Like Queensland. It's going to be long year. Uh, and, and until Tommy Turbo does his hammy and Latrell gets suspended and <laughs> Nathan. Mate, all the Queensland teams as well. Like they might not even make the eight this year. Oh, that's true. That'd be a really bad year for Queenslanders. I'll put it this way. If Billy Slater is already trying to mend fences with Jai Arrow, things are not going well. Oh, shit. Okay, anyway. Uh, look, Jai Arrow is good, but anyway, moving on. Uh, look, now we've got uh, premiers and runners-up. So let's start with, uh, instead of starting with who do we think is going to win the comp this year, let's with who do we think is going to be the runner-up So in the grand final. So, uh, Nick, who have you got, mate? The Storm runners up, uh, they'll bounce back from a bit of disappointment last year, I think. But and they won't more in second. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, well yeah. at, at least they'll make the grand final. I think is what Nick's saying. So that's that's pretty big. Okay, so uh, righto, Mitch, who have you got as the runner up in the grand final? I think I just want this to happen because. I feel like it'll be the final nail in the coffin of the 10-year dark age that we've had. Uh, and it might just tip my old man over the edge, but I've got the St. George Dragons as the runners-up. I think they'll they'll find a way to go on a bit of a run at the end and, and, and as they want to do, we'll just chip over at the last hurdle. <laughs> so <laughs> I've got... I've got the Dragons. I actually think they're the sort of team that, that'll be up and down and then they might suddenly get hot and, uh, as they've done forever, um, screw it up at the last hurdle. Wait. It'll just be fun to watch. It'll be fun to watch. That's that's the 2022 reality that I want to see. Nice. All right. And look, I've got the Panthers. I think that look, we're we're in for a year, but I think that you just it's hard to maintain the rage year in year out. Like not too many people go back to back really. So I know the Roosters did it, but the the Roosters sombrero their way through that with Sonny Bill and everyone else having a chip and Cooper Cronk having you know, uh, half a a shoulder blade. Exactly right. So, you know, you don't get many of those. Fun fact, after that grand final, no one wanted to touch his shoulder blade. Like no surgeon in Sydney would touch that shoulder blade because they were worried about getting sued because it was so ruined. It's pretty bad. (laughs) Well, Cam Smith gave it a pretty nice workout. (laughs) Anyway, uh, look, who have we got as the premiers? This is the last one for tonight, guys. So... Who have we got as the premiers? Uh, Mitch, take us away. Who have you got and why? Uh, I've got the Penrith Panthers this year. I look at... I've got them back-to-back just because I think the Roosters are going to fall over themselves with Kiri getting injured. 
I think the Storm's culture is is questionable. Now the milk's gone. I, I was going to put the milk. I, I, it's really ruined my week, honestly. <laughs> um, now that Jamal Fogarty's out, they're, they're not going to succeed. So um, and I see I see what Stu's writing in, and that team's definitely not going to win. I'll bet five sandwiches on that. Um, it's got to be the Panthers by, by default because it can't be St. George. <laughs> All right, Nick, who have you got, mate? I'm uh, giving the shout-out to Claudia, Roosters fan. Uh, I've got the Roosters. Fair enough. Oh, look, I guess not much to be said there. And look, Ock-a-doodle-doo. do. And look, to stop the hate from, look, the the Parramatta fans on our Boom or Bus page, my mother included, right, they're fierce. They love that team. They possibly love the team because they've grown to some sort of, like, I don't know, some weird Stockholm syndrome with a team that hasn't won. They... I'm 38 they shit. years old. They ha- I'm 38 years old and I wasn't born when they last won. So <laughs> most Roosters, sorry, most Eels fans have just grown up with some Stockholm syndrome with of the glory days. So I would say for this one guys, I've got to give it out to the Parramatta that look that they'll be uh it's kind of one of the last years where they have the crew together, so they'll band together and uh just break it out this year. And also uh Yes, to stop the hateful comments and, uh, you know, the bombing threats coming to my house. Who is leading this team to a grand final? That's the only question I have. Like, who on that... Oh, Lord. Oh, God. No, no. I'm raising my sandwich because it's clear we didn't have any sandwich props. I'm raising my sandwich prop. Five sandwiches to anyone who's willing to take me on that the Paramount Eels don't make the top four. In fact, they don't even make the prelim final. Not going to happen. That team has no leadership. Okay, look, I I disagree about. Bring the, on about the, the bring on the bring on the you hate. Take five sandwiches, Stu. Big pun. Five sandwiches. You willing to take that on? Five to one. I'll take that. Um, easy. So okay, so, Nick, so, your strength of schedule stuff better be accurate. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> look, I I know I I saw them the other day. Plus, seriously, like you know the, the parrot guys they're all over us man but that's great we'd love to see the passion out there we'd love to see your comments and I know that uh, a few of you do realise that uh, you're in a uh, abusive relationship with the Parramatta Hills so but look this year may just be your year because the band it's one last hurrah really because they got uh, they got a couple of they got uh, uh, iPappy going and they got Reed Marnie going at the end of this year so let's just hope that they can pull one out of the bag all right. Otherwise, they've got the mighty Josh Hodgson coming in next year. So good luck to you. Uh, anyway, guys, uh, rounding up thoughts for this week. Anything from you, Nick? No, just just um, you know, keep playing with your team. Um, I know there's uh, TLT, but you know you might find something that just feels good beforehand, um, and just just keep working, massaging. Um, trying to find especially your bench and your cash cows and things like that you might find you get a bit more balance uh, particularly from a positional point of view and you won't have you know six or seven halves on your bench like Stu has so um, <laughs> I was looking at that I've got uh, yeah I've got six hookers and halves on my bench <laughs> so one uh, hooker half <laughs> uh, Stu, Stu you need to keep working on your teammate um, yeah that, that's pretty much it Mitch what do you got uh, outside of my disappointment that Luke Curie's declared himself for round one, um, <laughs> and Fogarty's out. 
Ah, oh, far out. You know what? Like, yeah. I, it's a 22 season worth watching now. Like, I was so excited watching that game, uh, Raiders versus Eagles, because I could really see them making some a good team there. Really just advice for building the team. As, as you said, Nick, um, just try lots of things out. But one thing, or two things rather, it's all about making cash number one, but we've said it multiple times during this uh, preseason podcast series is that COVID is still going to impact on this year. Make sure you have coverage. Uh, the top fantasy players this year, they'll find the diamonds in the rough and they'll have 17 players playing every week. So if you want to be a nugget like Stu and have seven halves, um, more power to you, but have coverage, guys. DPPs and have a little bit of everything on, on the uh, bench there. There's enough there that um, I think you can find cash cows in, in multiple different positions. Yep. And look, just for me, it's exactly the same. And it's knowing, I guess, what you guys want as a league. That would be the final thing. Like, are you playing for the overall comp where it's just most number of points scored or are you playing head-to-head where you just got to beat whoever you're playing that week? Uh, that changes things up a little bit. So just just be thinking about that because you might want to go a little bit harder on your starting 17 if you're playing for overall and be a little bit more aggressive on this trade so you don't fall too far behind. Uh, whereas if you're playing for, for uh, head-to-head, just make sure that you know, you're know you not that much worse than the other guys around you so you make the finals and end up making as much cash as you can. So you just roll out those big boys with heaps of spare trades at the end of the year. Here's a question to you, lads. Uh, which one are we focusing on? Because th- that's going to have a big impact on what my final, final team looks like. F- from my side... Overall. I, is, I was... I was going to propose this afterwards, but I may as well put it out to you guys now, is I was thinking that maybe as the boom and bust team, we could raise like a couple of head-to-head leaks, which we could invite. I know we've received a fair few inquiries uh, to invite people along to. If you're interested, you can have the uh, Nick League, the Mitch League, and the Stu League. Come in and join. I mean, I love head-to-head, so I'm always keen to to do it. I've certainly never really loved the overall style, but... Head to head's been my favourite because I like I like drinking tears. <laughs> I, 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 I like to know whose flavour they are. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> there is something more personal about a win. I, I must say, I only did okay overall in in uh, in overall last year because I was trying to pound you guys in head to head. So <laughs> I was watching every game. I missed six games last year total out of all of them. Like uh, out of all thirty thousand odd minutes, I missed like maybe four hundred of them. So, to because I wanted to crush you guys, so she did. Oh, got lucky, got very lucky. But, um, the what was gonna say the maniacal intensity helped. So, the um, but look, guys, uh, how about yourself, Nick? Uh, advice, no, 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 No. just uh, head to head or overall. Uh, I'm gonna give overall a good crack this year, I think. Um, I haven't really focused on it previously. It's all been head-to-head work. Um, Easy. Well, what what we might do is uh, we might split the baby then. So we might put Nick in charge of the uh, overall league and uh, we might, Mitch and I might make a couple of big head-to-head leagues and, uh, you know, you can just join one. Don't join both. So we make plenty of spots for people who want them. And, um, yeah, we'll get those out there this week for people to join. How does that sound? Sounds good. Excellent. Well, look, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, Look, I can see that we're getting new listeners in. Thank you for doing that. I have pulled a couple of our early podcasts where the quality wasn't quite where we wanted them to be. And thank you for listening this late. It is 10.55 our time. So thank you for, if we do sound a bit tight, it's because we are. But 
we really do like footy and getting through everything. Coming next week on the Tuesday is our Teamless Tuesday podcast. It's going to be out. It's going to be fresh. There's going to be heaps to talk about. And after that, we'll just um, hopefully during the swing of things, the podcast will get a little bit shorter. My wife will hate me a little bit less. And we can uh, just talk about the games and like, I guess, which players are doing well each week. So... Anyway, guys, thanks for uh, coming along, giving us all your thoughts and opinions this week, Nick and Mitch. And I'll catch you all next week, Tuesday. And by the sounds of it, they've already gone to sleep. Thanks, guys. No worries, <laughs> mate. Sorry, sorry, sorry. What was that? I, I missed it. I was asleep. <laughs> I'm thinking that might be possibly the longest part of dead air that's ever been recorded. I was waiting show. for you to sign off. I was trying not to interrupt you because sometimes I do. I was like, don't say anything, don't say anything. And then, and then, and then you're like, there's this, this lack of silence. Like, fuck it, hell, here we go. I did the classic hello. Uh, hello. <laughs> and look on that quality ending thank you for listening the Ukrainian jelly beans are probably being held hostage by Putin but they might come someday so you know hit me up in the DMs uh, this is the Boomer Bus team thanks for listening good night <laughs>